There you go. History. There were Baptist churches around the area that closed. Blockley Baptist Chapel closed. Paxford Baptist Chapel closed. Shipston Baptist Chapel closed. And Chipping Camden Baptist Church at the time reached uh, six members. And they wondered whether it would close. But God is amazing. And he began to bring uh, growth uh, to the church. And here is the snapshot of the Sunday morning congregation in January 1984 which is not so long ago. And uh, there were 12 members in the church, and Jenny is still here. Jenny, give us a wave. There you are. Looks exactly the same. (laughs) And Phil, he's out with the kids, I think, this morning. Uh, Phil's there. And lots of other wonderful saints um, who just um, prayed and prayed. And I remember Alice, who... uh, Where's Alice? Alice is there uh, when I first came to the church two, 22 years ago, uh, she was kind of the, the matriarch a little bit of the church. And she reminded me that one Sunday when they gathered in a service, there were just three of them gathered around the gas fire praying for revival. And um, it came. And uh, there's the gathering in 1994, and God continued to build his church. And this is our commission together with Jesus following his example, proclaiming his name to people today, making disciples, building God's kingdom, serving our community, praying for revival, planting new churches, reaching the nations. We've been privileged to plant the church in Shipston. That was in 1999. To again plant a church in Bidford, 2005. And then we moved to this wonderful building that we have now in 2009. Could you believe it? And here we are. And it's the story of God's goodness to us. And uh, occasionally I get invited to places just to share the story of what God's done here. And that's a little bit of a brief overview of our history. But it's always good to be reminded of it. It's always good to remind ourselves that actually God's goodness has been for this community of believers. And that he has promised to build his church. The reading that we had from 1 Corinthians in the animated version, um, the verse that I'm just going to focus on and, and talk around is, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Last October, as a, a church, we set aside time to, to pray we had some uh, special Sundays. I remember when Sally came and spoke. She, she felt that God had placed something on her heart about worship, coming back to the heart of worship as a church, because we need to be reminded continually that it's all about him and not about us. And we set aside time to pray and uh, felt that kind of calling back to a deeper walk with the Lord. We sensed that a new season was upon us as a fellowship, and there was a renewed passion uh, for mission, both local and further afield. On one occasion, a guest uh, who had come to visit us and and listen to the Lord with us shared uh, a a kind of word for us uh, about preparing for 18 months. That was a little while ago now. 
And then as we prayed into that, and there's lots to do with that, and we've shared a little bit about that on our church nights and our vision meetings. But uh, we realized that at the end of that 18 months from when he came, would culminate in our 50th Alpha course. And, uh, you know, we're on our 48th Alpha course at the moment. Over these last 22 years, we've been running Alpha courses, and we've seen many people come to know Jesus, and many of you are here today because of the Alpha course and how you met the Lord uh, on that course. And so we wanted to sort of plan toward that time when, so that will be next spring, will be our 50th Alpha course. And I wrote to Nicky Gumbel, and he was well impressed that we were going to hold our 50th Alpha course. I did invite him to come, but he's a bit busy. Um, so uh, it'll be me leading it again. Um, but he's really uh, just overwhelmed that we've continued to, to be an invitational church um, over all these years. And so we want to spend the time running up um, to that 50th Alpha course, which we've set kind of a, you know, not a, not a written-in-stone goal of having 50 people on the 50th Alpha course. We have had 50 people on an Alpha course before, and we've had seven people on an Alpha course before, and everything in between, but we'd love to have 50 people on that 50th Alpha course, but it's not set in stone. If we don't get to 48, we won't be cancelling it. And part of that preparing is a time of intentional mission because no one comes to Alpha. Very rarely does anyone wake up on a morning and say, I've got to go to an Alpha course. It does happen. It does happen, but it happens rarely. Most people come because someone's invited them. Actually, most people come because someone's invited them at least three times. They may say no, no, and then, oh, maybe, and they come. So we want to, over the coming months, um, do some special events, invitational events, all leading up to that. We'll explain a little bit more about that at our AGM. Also, in this time of preparing, we believe that we should be um, praying. Obviously, every month we have our hungry prayer meetings. We would encourage as many who would like to come and join us for that as possible. But even in our own personal walk, to be praying over this time as we lead up to that 50th Alpha course, that God would do a significant work. We are praying for revival. We are seeking for a move of the Holy Spirit here in this place. And we've also felt that we, we needed to refresh our presentation of ourselves. I mean, 22 years ago when uh, Hermie and I came to the church, we, we had a new logo made and we, we had some new things put on and uh, banners made and things like that and they get tired over years and over the years we, we kind of add to them with all the different ministries and, and it kind of, kind of gets a little bit cluttered so we've been trying to sort of a little bit decluttering both in the physical and in, in the spiritual as well so we've been if, if you've been to the high street building we've been decluttering a little bit and uh, um, it'll become a little bit more empty of clutter. And uh, we won't have to hide clutter behind screens anymore, which is what we do now. We, we, there's a little dumping ground where we, oh, well, we'll just cover that up. And, and we can get so used to it that we don't notice anymore. Yeah, that's where it goes. But we want to declutter. So that's part of it. And you'll have seen around the place new logos and new banners and new signage as we just feel it right to just, not that we've had a facelift as a church, 
but we've just felt that it should be right for us to re-present ourselves. So there's going to be a brand new website coming up. Uh, this amazing man has spent hours and hours, along with others, I want to say a big thank you to Rebecca as well. Rebecca has been at the heart of all of um, the kind of new things, and we're so grateful to you, Rebecca, for all your time and effort that you've given. Um, because these things do take time. So part of that representation of ourselves was we felt it right um, to perhaps challenge ourselves again our, about are we, are we here because we just happen to come here or are we here because we believe God wants us here? Are we here and, and, and in a new season would we be able to reaffirm that commitment to being part of the body of Christ here at Camden Baptist Church? Because I think from time to time we need to do that. Often when a new minister comes, there's a time of reaffirmation and things. There's a lot of excitement. But you've put up with me for 22 years. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going anywhere right now. But we do need to reaffirm that commitment. And, and we felt it right to, um, to do that. So we've put together a membership document. And you'll have all, hopefully, if you're a member of the church, received that document where we set out what it, what it means to be a member here at Camden Baptist Church. And reaffirmation means to state again strongly. We want to make that step and say, yeah. And, and the thing that came to my mind when I thought about this was um, I read uh, in one of my readings about David and Jonathan in the Old Testament and, and something that they shared together. And Jonathan said, I'm with you heart and soul, he said to David. And I would love it as a church if we say, yeah, I, I think, I think I'm, I'm here to serve the Lord. And I'm with this church, heart and soul. That kind of thing. Not, ah, oh, well, yeah, I, I go elsewhere if I want to. If I don't like the songs on Sunday morning, I might try somewhere else where I prefer the songs. Or, oh, that preacher went on for ages. Let's try somewhere else where they only preach for 10 minutes. But that's not belonging to a church. That's not being for the vision, for the mission, heart and soul. And of course, there's, there's, we're not ever going to agree on everything. There are some things we won't like and some issues that we have. But if they become bigger than actually what we're here for, we've lost the plot. We're here heart and soul to serve the Lord on the mission that he's called us on. So we're going to form a, a welcome brochure um, that we're working on right now that we're going to give to everybody as a, as a free gift. But it's mainly to give out to newcomers who come um, to the church, just to give them a little snapshot of life as a church. And uh, like all Baptist churches, we believe in the priesthood of all believers. We're all equal in Christ we have no hierarchy in that sense. We're all part of the body, all different, all with different gifts to bless one another and build up the body. And we also have an open membership. And what I mean by that is if you're a committed follower of Jesus, you love Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you're seeking to live in a way that would honor him in your life, and you feel that this is your spiritual home, then become a member of the church. 
that in you're in, in agreement with our vision, with our mission. To say, yeah, I'm, I'm with this church heart and soul. I want to be a member of this church. Now, of course, you don't have to be a member of the church to attend our services, gatherings, activities. It's open to all. It's open to everybody. In fact, we have to keep reminding ourselves that we're only here for the people outside who are not yet here. We don't want to become a holy club where we say, oh, isn't it great? We really love each other in this place, but we have no impact outside. The very reason we exist is for those who are not here. You know, when there were three ladies praying in a back hall, they weren't saying, oh, isn't this great and cozy? The church meetings go so well, we hardly fall out at all. The votes always go two to one or something like that. I'm only joking. So everybody's welcome, of course. But it's actually the members who make the big decisions in terms of the life of the church. Yes, you set aside the leadership team to lead, and we're grateful for that, and, and you allow us to lead, but we're always accountable to the church meetings because that's how we believe we, we, we sort of discern the mind of Christ, that we're all in it together. We want to move forward together as a church. We also recognize that there are people who are very much part of the church and for one reason or another don't wish to become members of the church. And that's okay too. We understand that. We also recognize that there are people who have left the church uh, maybe some time ago who are still members of the church and we, we need to actually acknowledge that we need to do something about that to, to make our membership realistic. And so part of that process, we're sending a letter out saying to every member, are, are you wanting to reaffirm your membership? We'd hope that everyone would. But it's an opportunity for those who say, no, I, I think the Lord's moved me on or I'm, we're doing something different to say, okay, no, we won't do that. And that's fine as well. We also have um, a friends list in the church where we, people can be part of the church, but they know that they can't play an active part in terms of membership but they want to still be linked with the church. For example, uh, our daughter, Karis. Um, we came here when she was two. This is her home church. Always will be her home church. That's where she grew up. But she's in Oxford now, lives in Oxford, goes to church in Oxford. So, but she wants to be a friend of the church. So she's gone from being a member of the church to being on the friends list of the church where she receives the, you know, the information about the church, the news, the prayer requests sometimes. So, and that's available to anybody who wants to be a, a friend or a member, a friend of the church to receive those kind of information. And whilst we recognize there's no one single pattern for church governance, and many of us may come from different backgrounds, as, as a Baptist church, we do feel the importance of membership. Now, there are lots of metaphors for the church in the New Testament. We've heard a few already. The body made up of many parts, a temple or a building or a house being built up, a priesthood, a family, a home, a flock, a bride. And what's clear that when we see from the New Testament is that the early church was a missionary people, but people came to join them and became part of that early community. 
They were committed to one another. They devoted themselves to one another. They belonged to one another. What's clear from my reading of the New Testament that you could join that church and be received into it and in some extreme circumstances be put out of it as well. Passage in Acts chapter 2, wonderful description of that fellowship of the early church. On the day of Pentecost, um, sometimes regarded as the birthday of the church, 3,000 people were added to their number. Added to what? Added to their number. Added to that group of believers. And it describes how that wider group came together, committed themselves to what? To fellowship, to the breaking of bread, communion or Eucharist, Lord's Supper, whatever we want to call it, breaking of bread, to prayer and to the apostles' teaching. Basically, our New Testament. And it says, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In the Gospels, Matthew 18, there's a chapter there where it deals with discipline within the life of the church. How do you deal with things when they go wrong? And there's a, you know instruction of Jesus, tell it to the church. The gathered believers, there was a clear sign of a a gathered group. Again, in Acts chapter 9, when when Saul has become a believer, the apostle Paul as we know him now, it says when he went to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. And they were a bit wary of him. They had to have numerous church meetings about him. No, it was Barnabas who said, no, he's, he's good. The Lord's done an amazing work in his life. He was recommended by Barnabas. But it was clear that the Apostle Paul joined something, was part of it. And that wouldn't have been the public gatherings because everyone's welcome at those. It was a missionary church. But there was something about the gathered community. And the verb that's used in the Greek about joining means to glue and stick, bringing things together. The New Testament is very honest. In Acts chapter 5, there's a story of Ananias and Sapphira. If you've never read it before, do have a read. They lied to the Holy Spirit. They lied to the apostles. They were convicted by the Holy Spirit and died. And then it says, the understatement says, and uh, people didn't dare join the church for a while. The word join. At the beginning, we had that animation of 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 27 is, you are part of the body of Christ. Each one of you is part and a member of it. When I first became a Christian, I refused to be a member of a local church. I was quite an arrogant what's-it. I, I kind of said, well, I'm a member of the worldwide church. That's what it means to me. I had a few issues that I had to work through, but I truly believe that God calls us to be part of a local church as well as the worldwide church where we can serve, where we can pray, where we can give, where we can use the gifts that God has given us. Ephesians, there's a passage where there's mutual love and submission within the church. In Galatians chapter 2, Paul talks about false teachers infiltrating our ranks to spy on our freedom. And in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, 
We had that passage I began with, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. The church is a living body with each member part of it, involved in the mission of Christ, praying, serving, giving, as each one is able. Being a Christian is not just a matter of personal salvation, but we become part of God's rescue team in the world. God is on the move in our world through his church. So I see church membership as being part, yeah, we're part of the worldwide church. Yeah, I'm a member of that. But I'm also a member of a local expression of that church where I want to say, this is where I want to serve the Lord. This is where I believe God has called me to be right now. So in this new season of uh, our church's life, we are asking all current church members to reaffirm that membership. Or to be or to go on to that list of friends that we have. Or if membership is something that you don't want to be, then that's okay too. Continue. We want you to be part of us. But we sense that this was a time where we just take a pause and say, yeah, we want to reaffirm this is where God wants us to be. And it will obviously help us to keep a realistic membership. So at this year's AGM, we'll be covenanting together. But before that, you'll receive a letter, if you're a member of the church, um, asking you whether you want to reaffirm that membership. If you're not a member of the church and you'd like to be, then speak to me, Edward or Alan, and we'd love to talk to you about that as well. But if you want to say, here is where I find fellowship. Here is where... I can serve the Lord with my time, gifts, and finances. Here is where, as best I can, I will live a life that Christ wants me to live. Then would you be part of what we're doing? Would you make that fresh commitment again? I was, for a time, a member of a golf club. I know there are golfers here. Membership of a golf club or membership of most clubs are not like church membership. You know that, don't you? A golf club membership, I would pay my subs and then people would serve me because they would make the greens really nice for me. They'd look after the, the, you know, the course. I could go to the clubhouse and they'd serve me you know, food and drinks and things like that. And you, know, you pay your subs, you expect to be served. It's like a country club. I don't know, we don't have country clubs so much, but in America, country clubs are, are really big things where you pay your subs and people are there to serve you. And you enjoy the facilities of the country club. Church membership is not like that. If you become a member of the church and you expect, right, I've paid my subs, I expect to be served. Well, I've come to enjoy the facilities. Actually, church membership is very different from that. You pay your subs and you serve. You give. You make sacrifices. And you do it so joyfully. Because it's such a privilege. If ever church membership becomes like the country club membership, we've gone somewhere wrong. And just occasionally, I need to remind myself that it's not quite 
the same. Church membership isn't where we sit and insist on our own way, but we want Christ's way. And sometimes we just have to, you know, say, yeah, okay. I may not agree with everything, but, you know, if this is what the whole body believes Jesus is asking of us, we'll go with it. We need to keep the unity of the Spirit. It's not actually about our preferences and desires. Division kills a church. I've seen it happen. And it's really hard because we know, actually, there's, there's a spiritual battle in all of this. There is an enemy of the church. There's an enemy of God and his kingdom who would just love to see thriving churches split asunder, have no influence. And we need to be wary of that. We need to be those who work for unity. If we ever become a force for disunity in a fellowship, in a church, then it's, we need to get sorted. Because it's not a healthy thing. And I know that it's sometimes difficult because we get hurt. I've met people who have left churches who have been hurt. I've met people who have left this church because they've been hurt and, and it's never been deliberate. And we are grieved about that. But sometimes it just happens. Even in the early church, you read the New Testament, Paul and Barnabas had a big fallout. Saul and Peter didn't get on that great. There's more over an issue there. I know what it's like to be a moaner in a church. When I was first converted, I was a moaner in the church. They didn't believe in the physical resurrection of Jesus. They didn't believe in some other things. I, I moaned. But it wasn't helping anybody. It wasn't helping me. It wasn't helping the church. The Lord moved me on. Lord, save us from ever being moaners. Because if you're not in the right place, then go to the right place. But if it's the right place, let's say, yeah, I'm with it, heart and soul. Jesus loves his church. And he wants us to love it too. So we can say, I love the church. Can we think of what's wrong in the church? Whoa, how much time have you got? You remember that old saying, if you find a perfect church, don't join it. You'll spoil it. There is no such thing. There is no such thing. But Jesus loves his church. And we want to teach our children to love the church too.
We want the little ones that have gone out this morning to love the church. And you know how they love the church? It's when they know they're loved by the church. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Being part of a church is a gift. Not always easy, but it is a gift. One that I think we should treasure and be thankful for. So as we come to this, what we sense is a new season, and there'll be a bit of decluttering going on. There'll be some new presentational things going on. One of the key things we feel it's right to ask is, yeah, Maybe have a time to think and a pray. If you're a member of the church, do you want to say, yeah, I'm for it. Heart and soul. I'm in. If you've never been a member and you don't want to be, then that's fine. Be part of the gather. This is where you come and, and serve. Would you do that? Over this next week? And we're asking for people to respond. If I haven't been clear in any way, come and see me afterwards. I'll chat about it if I've confused you. But we sense a real excitement. God is doing a new thing amongst us. And we just feel it's right just to say, yeah, okay. We want to make a new commitment here. Would you join us? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your church. And we thank you that through your church you are doing amazing works on this earth. Your body, made up of many parts, but each one valued, each one loved. And we as a church, together, on the journey that we've been on, with the history of your goodness and faithfulness over many years, we're looking forward, Lord. And we want to be all that we can be for you. So help us, we pray in this new season. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close with a final song, and uh, it's about building the church and the kingdom, and uh, let's stand together as we sing. Release the hurt to seek the poor at peace. We lay down our 